Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. There are very few exercises in the strength training world that produce such a high output like the kettlebell swing. This exercise is something that truly requires your full attention and a high amount of CNS activity, so that's the central nervous system. So when you do this exercise, if you've ever seen a kettlebell flying through the air, someone performing a set of swings, you can see the attention to detail, hopefully that they're paying to this flying cast iron or steel ball. All right, so it requires a hell of a lot of attention to detail neurologically from the brain, but also the muscular system. Your muscles have to contract really, really hard for every single repetition performed. And that's what I wanna talk to you guys about today is all of the benefits that you can get from swinging a kettlebell, both two arm swings and also one arm swings. Now, a word of caution regarding the swing. With the rise of social media, there are a lot of people using kettlebells, and I think that's fantastic. I actually think the kettlebell is a tool that can help a lot of people move better, feel better, become stronger, and just live better lives. However, there are a lot of people using kettlebells incorrectly. Weights which are too light, technique which is very shit, for lack of a better word, and also doing things which are just not appropriate with the kettlebell. For example, bicep curls, tricep kickbacks, things like that. Those are exercises that the kettlebell was not really designed for. Now, if you haven't already, I would highly encourage you to go and check out, if you haven't already, some of the articles that I've been putting up regarding kettlebell training. So if this is something you want to invest more time and energy into because you want to get more benefits from your training using kettlebells, I would really encourage you to go and have a look at my website and check out some of these detailed articles that I've been putting up lately. There's about five of them, five, six, uh, along with videos so you can see what I'm actually talking about because some of the time, especially through podcasts, it's hard to visualize perhaps what this movement looks like and some of the nuances. Uh, but anyway, that uh, my website is www.fullasc, so that's F-U-L-L-A-S-C.com. Have a look through the menu. You'll see kettlebell training articles. Have a bit of a look and see if you can learn something about the kettlebells and also get a glimpse of what I'm talking about with the swings. Now, the kettlebell swing. If you've been following my social media, you know I post my own training videos. I like to show people that I actually train as well. I try to walk my talk and lead from the front. I like, I like to try and lead by example. Training is a big part of my life. And at the moment, I'm following a kettlebell training program, which goes for six months. So the program I'm following is called Simple and Sinister. It's a very boring training program, really boring. Six months and I do the same program three days per week, okay? I'll get a little bit more into what that program consists of further down the list. I've got a few show notes that I wanna kind of work through here for you guys today. Now, 
With kettlebell training, there are six exercises, the super six exercises of kettlebell training. The swing is the foundation. This is your base. If you are going to get into kettlebell training and you wanna maximize your training time and get the most bang for your buck, you need to be doing swings, okay? It is a ballistic movement, which means it is a quick lift, okay? You are focusing on acceleration. So with the swing, one of the great things is you don't really have to lift super, super heavy. You can, but typically you're lifting a moderate weight, but you're lifting it quickly. You're lifting it fast, it is quite dynamic. Now, below are some of the main benefits and things that people can really look to achieve and benefit from with the swing. The biggest thing that I find people will benefit from is that it teaches you how to move from your hips as opposed to moving from your back. So if you have or have ever experienced lower back pain, this information here will help you. The kettlebell swing is a dynamic hip hinge. So if you think about an axle running through your hips, so or even like a broomstick running from the left side and the right side of your body, it goes through the body. The goal is to push that axle backwards and then forwards. That is the hinge. You are moving from your hip joint, not your spine. Now, I actually happen to have a broomstick as I'm recording this, so if you're driving, don't pull over, but don't try and visualize this. But this is the way I like to think about it, because I actually explained this to somebody yesterday, and it made a lot of sense to them. The hip hinge takes your spine from vertical to horizontal-ish. So if you have a broomstick, for example, stand it up, stand it up vertically. So you can place it on the floor and put your, put your palm on the top of it. It is currently vertical. That is your current start position. If you stand up, your spine is vertical, it's straight up and down. If you push your hips backwards, what you will notice is the angle of your back changes. You go from vertical to horizontal-ish. So it goes more horizontal. That's why I always use the word ish because it's not completely parallel to the ground, but it gets towards that direction. So it teaches you to distinguish how to move from your hips instead of moving from your spine or your back. And this is where a lot of people, they make, if you don't know how to move from your hips, your body will find another way to complete the task. And most people's compensation pattern, the way the body cheats or likes to accomplish the task is by rounding the spine, flexing the spine. Okay, this is how you get a bulging disc through spinal flexion in the lumbar spine, the lower back rounding, okay? When you learn to hip hinge correctly, your hips move, your spine does not. It changes angle, but it does not change shape. So it stays relatively straight, air quotes, or neutral. It holds the natural curves of your spine. I hope that makes sense so far. So it teaches you hip movement as opposed to back movement. The next thing it does really, really well is it wakes up your sleepy glutes. Your glutes are basically switched off. They're on vacation when you are sitting. So whether you're sitting at the table eating your breakfast, sitting in the car driving yourself to work, sitting at your desk when you are at work, sitting on the couch or reclined, or laying down when you're sleeping, your glutes are switched off. They are not doing anything. The hip hinge 
and the kettlebell swing promotes a strong glute contraction, a very powerful snap of the hips. So when you push your hips backwards, this is called hip flexion, your hips bend. When you dynamically push your hips forwards and you feel your butt tighten up, that's called hip extension. Hip extension, pushing forwards of the hips, contracts your glute max. And if you're not already aware, your glutes are the largest muscle group in your body. Your butt is the biggest muscle group. So whether your goal is to build muscle, become more athletic, lose body fat, does it not make sense to use the biggest muscle groups possible? Yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense, okay? The next thing it does really well is it lights up your core. So the core is not just your abs. A lot of people, if I ask them, you know, what's your core, they kind of just point or they look at their midsection, their stomach. And to be fair, you're not completely wrong. They are included in the core complex. The core consists of 10 different muscles, but it works your midsection really hard. So if your hips are accelerators, if we call them the accelerator, hips go backwards, hips bang, they snap forwards powerfully. There's your hip extension, there's your glutes. That's your accelerator. The harder you press down on that proverbial accelerator, the harder you must hit the brakes. Your brakes are your stomach muscles, your midsection, your core, okay? Just for all intents and purposes, when I say core, I'm talking about your trunk, the area between your hips and shoulders. So if you put, if you tap left shoulder, right shoulder, right hip, left hip, you're trying to stabilize and stop that area from moving, okay? So the glutes, bang, they snap into hip extension, butt cheeks tighten up, awesome. Your stomach needs to brace really tightly to prevent you from arching at the low back. All right. One of the next benefits that it does is it lengthens the hip flexors. So again, if I go back to sitting, okay, they call sitting the new uh, sitting the new smoking, and it has been demonstrated to be very very poor for longevity, general well-being, and overall mobility. If you sit for long periods of the day it puts you in some really compromised postures that then will have a flow on effect to the rest of your body and how you move and how you feel. So if you're sitting on a chair with your hips and knees bent at 90 degrees, your hip flexors, the muscle at the front of your hip, get really short, they get really tight. When you pop your hips forwards, you cramp your glutes and you brace your stomach, the hip flexors are lengthened. The hip is now open. When you are sitting, the hip is closed. Those muscles are short. So when you finish the swing, bang, you're standing nice and tall in your standing plank, glutes are on, stomach is on, the leg is straight, so the knees locked out and the hips are locked out fully as well. So it lengthens those hip flexors. And here's the interesting thing. I use the words, you know, kind of stretch or lengthen here but we're not actually doing it through stretching. We're not doing it through passive means. We are doing it through muscle activity. And there's a difference between mobility and flexibility. Mobility is your ability to get to a certain range of motion under control. So if you think of like the classic hamstring stretch, you know, you're sitting on the ground, one leg bent, the other leg straight and you reach out. We'd call that, you know, flexibility, passive flexibility. 
And the thing that goes with that is typically your spine is rounded as well, so it's not true flexibility. I hope that makes sense so far. So we're moving from the hips, we're getting the glutes active, we're bracing the core really hard for a punch, and we're opening the hips fully. So you're standing up ramrod straight while that kettlebell then, under its own momentum, floats to about chest height. Now, as that kettlebell floats to about chest height, you have to maintain what is called a packed shoulder. So if you stand up nice and tall, put your hands, make a fist, and put those two fists together. Keep yourself nice and tall with, with regards to your posture, and just push your knuckles forwards to the wall in front of you, kind of reach. You can see how the shoulder protrudes forward, and you get a bit of rounding of the upper back. This is an unpacked shoulder. We have just lost shoulder stability. This is not good. We want the shoulder to be stable, muscularly controlled. The way you pack your shoulder is by pulling your shoulder back into its socket. So if you think of reaching to the wall in front of you and then pulling the ball back into the socket, you should feel the muscles under your armpits, your lats tighten up. That is essential. Packing the shoulder is essential for a strong, powerful, and safe kettlebell swing, okay? The reason that this is important is twofold. The lats contract, which helps to stabilize your spine, okay? The second thing it does is it connects the weight to your body. Because if that kettlebell, you've popped your hips forward, the kettlebell wants to go to the wall in front of you. If that kettlebell starts pulling you forwards, one or two things can happen. It will rip you onto your toes and you'll become unstable and you'll come off balance. The other thing it does is it disconnects the kettlebell from the body. So when you do a kettlebell swing, your arms do not lift the weight. I repeat, your arms do not lift the weight. When you set up for your swing, you are merely hooking your fingers over the handle to connect yourself to the kettlebell. That is all you're doing. The grip is loose, okay? So you grip the kettlebell, you loop your fingers over the top and you hook the kettlebell with your fingers. By packing your shoulders, you now connect that kettlebell to your entire body. So your body is now one unit and the hips are doing the heavy lifting. It's not your arms, it's not your biceps, it's not your shoulders, it's not your forearms, it's not your fingers. Those things are working just to connect you and this kettlebell. Does that make sense? I hope so. I've gone through a lot of different information there, which is why, again, I will repeat, if this information is foreign to you, if you're not quite sure of what I'm talking about or the, the nuances of the movement, please go and check out some of those articles and videos that are on my website. That's why I put them up there so you can kind of combine the two because there'll be some podcasts that'll be like more mindset, uh, focused or you know trying to give you a little bit more on the programming side of things or get you in the right you know frame of mind so you can actually win the day and achieve your goals others will be more like today where I talk about a specific exercise and as humans we have three different types of learning visual auditory and kinesthetic visual is by looking watching so if you watch me do a swing you'll be like okay cool that's what he means by packed shoulder or that's what he means by hip extension, okay? Auditory is what you're doing right now. You are listening to the words that I'm saying. And kinesthetic is the form of doing. This is the verb. It's actually you 
putting what you learn into practice. All right. Now, let me just grab a quick drink of water here. Now, before I talk about the differences between the one arm and the two arm swing, I want to stress something. And this, I don't hear people talking about this a lot, which, which is good because I can talk to you about it um, and explain some of the benefits of the swing. With the swing being a ballistic, a quick lift, the goal is to pack as much power into each rep as you can. So let's say you're doing a set of five. How much power can you pack into five swings? Can you get tighter? Can you produce more power? If you're doing a set of five, when I have my coaching clients, when I have my students come in and we're doing swings, I'll ask them some questions at the end of each set. I'll be like, how did that feel for you? You know, what went really well? What did you think you could improve on? Did you feel like your shoulders were packed? Were the glutes cramped? And what I'm trying to do by asking these questions is I'm trying to find out if we can squeeze more power, more energy out of each rep. Because if we can, perfect. That's what we're going to do for the next set. The kettlebell swing is very energy draining. You are not trying to conserve energy. You're not trying to save it up for a rainy day. So if you have if you have 10 sets of 10, so if, let's say you have 100 swings, I don't want you to go easy on the first set and then go really hard on the last set. I want you to use as much power as you can for each individual set. All right? The goal is power production. That's why typically when we have kettlebell training, you get some decent rest periods in there. We have we use what's called the talk test. So right now I'm talking to you, I'm having a conversation with you. I should be able to, after doing a set of swings, get to a position where I can have a conversation. If you finish a set of swings and you're kind of still huffing and puffing and you've got your hands on your knees and you're on your haunches and you're struggling for air, you're probably not ready for another set of swings. When you can pass a talk test, when you feel like you could hold a conversation with someone, you're pretty well good to go again. But during the set, don't put the handbrake on. Don't, you know, don't ease off. If you're doing a set of 10, show me 10 powerful swings. And then we'll worry about the next set when that comes. And if you're on set one, we don't, I don't care about set 10 right now. That's way down the road. If you're doing the first set of 10, Cool, I want you to show me the 10 most powerful swings you've got. Cramp the glutes as hard as you can. Feel the quads on the front of your thighs. Brace your stomach like someone's about to punch you as hard as they can in your midsection, in your belly. Get your head nice and tall. Pack your shoulders. All of these little details. So I don't want you to conserve energy. I want you to use as much energy as possible. So from a fat loss standpoint, from a developing work capacity and conditioning standpoint, the swing is fantastic. You get a lot of benefits out of it. All through this one exercise, haven't told you to do six different exercises, I've told you to do one, I've told you to swing a kettlebell to chest height aggressively by cramping the glutes, bracing the stomach, packing the shoulders, working on your biomechanical breathing match, so you're breathing in tune with the hips, so you can create more stability and get more, even more out of the midsection. See how that makes sense? Don't conserve energy, use as much energy as you can. Now, moving on to the differences between a one-arm and a two-arm swing. When people learn that there's two different types of swings, 
they're like, oh, two arm swings. Oh, they got a one arm swing, cool. Everyone wants to know which one's better. Which one is better? Which one's the best? Well, it depends. <laughs> if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you understand that that is actually a smart response. It's not me saying, I'm not, it's not about, I'm not picking sides. It's we choose the right exercise for the right person for the right reason. Now you have to ask yourself, what's your goal? If you have never done kettlebell swings before, it's unlikely I'm gonna teach you the one arm swing. So if you're new here or you're not familiar with the kettlebell swing, the foundation, the entry level, your first step is to learn the two arm swing. You have much more control and you are symmetrically loaded. Two hands on the kettlebell, it goes between the legs and bang, you pop the hips, it finishes at about chest height. So that's where you start. That is your starting point. Now, if you wanna get into swings and you don't know where to start, what to do, which kettlebell to use, what technique to use, I would highly encourage you to seek out a strong first instructor. Somebody who is actually qualified and has done a high level of coaching and certification under their belt. So you can get some lessons and learn the basics, learn the fundamentals so you don't hurt yourself, so you can learn what you need to learn at the rate that you can learn. So some people are quicker learners than, are quicker learners than others, but also is that you can have these skills for life. A kettlebell should outlast you. These, these things have been designed with longevity in mind. They are brutal, they look very primitive, if you look at them, it's a cannonball with a handle on it. That's basically what it looks like with a flat uh, flat bottom. So they should outlast you. But you need to understand how to use this simple tool. All right? If you seek out a good instructor, somebody who knows their shit, you will fast track the steep learning curve. And it is a steep learning curve. If you've done it before, or even if you're brand new and you've never swung a kettlebell, there's a lot more that, there's a lot more to it than you may think. Been training for 13 years, I've gone down the rabbit hole now for, you know, one and a half, two years, and I swing regularly, I'm still learning. I'm still working on improving my own technique. And by practicing myself on a regular basis, I can then improve the way that I coach others. Because I understand what's happening within the body, what it feels like, and what the body is experiencing. All right, by hiring a coach or you know, an instructor who knows what they're doing, you will also then get the benefits of understanding all of these small details and the finer nuances of the movement. And as a byproduct of doing that, you progress much, much quicker. Because the goal isn't for me to say, hey, I want you to go and do 10 sets of 10 swings, off you go. That doesn't teach you anything. You know you've got to do 100 swings, but you've got no clue on how to do them, except for what I've already told you which by the way is quite valuable information, I think anyway. Does that make sense? When you have somebody there looking at you, critiquing you, giving you a coach's eye and direct feedback, you can make changes to your technique, bang, just like that. If I say, hey, that kettlebell was a little bit too low, I want you to hold that standing plank for a little bit longer. Or, you know, wait for your elbows to connect to your ribs before you hinge. Just by hearing those words, you may not understand what that means, but by having me three feet away from you, five feet away from you, or giving you tactile touch feedback, you'll be able to make those changes 
instantaneously. And when it clicks, and it will, you'll be like, oh wow, that made a hell of a difference. That feels heaps better, that feels way more powerful. Or you'll be like, I actually don't feel that in my back anymore, but I can feel it in my glutes, my glutes are sore now. Oof. That's the benefit of having somebody right there coaching you and instructing you the right way. So for me personally, I like both types of swings and they have their own individual benefits. Right now, as I mentioned earlier, I'm doing a program called Simple and Sinister. This program is so boring. I don't mind boring. So some people hear boring and they're like, oh, could, couldn't do that. No, 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 have to find something that's more, more lively, more entertaining, a bit more variety. I don't care about variety, I care about results. Simple and Sinister, this is the program. 100 swings, 10 Turkish get-ups. That is it. I do this program three days per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So every month I'm doing over 1200 swings. Okay. And if we think about, you know, how long it takes to really master a skill, a movement, a topic, you've maybe heard of the 10,000 hour rule before. Well, in regards to strength training, it's 10,000 reps. But it's not 10,000 shitty reps, it's 10,000 good reps. And the way the program is broken up, you do 10 sets of 10. I'm not looking to accomplish 100 in one single set. I want 10 powerful swings, I park the bell correctly, safely, I rest, and I repeat that process for 10 rounds. And then I do my get-ups. So the program for me, there is a little bit of variation and you can customize it to your situation uh, the way I have it set up is on Monday and Friday, I perform one arm swings, and Wednesdays I do two arm swings, all of which are at 32 kilos. Um, actually, let me clarify that. If, you, if you're interested in the program, I highly recommend you go and buy the book, Kettlebell Simple and Sinister by Pavel Satsulin. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more detailed than I can really go into at this stage, but basically you're working between two different kettlebells. So the, I started the program on 24 kilos. As the weeks go on, as I said, I'm doing it for about, for six months. It's about 20 odd weeks. Okay, 24, 26 weeks, something like that. As the weeks go on, you gradually increase the amount of work you do with the next kettlebell. So for men, you increase by eight kilos. So I'm going from the 24 to the 32. So I, I alternate between the two every training session, okay? And I'm still learning, like I said. When I, when I first started the program, I did four weeks to acclimatize to my starting weight, which is 24 kilograms. I did 100 swings and 10 get-ups three days a week for four weeks. Okay, that makes sense? After that, I introduced the 32 kilos. And I tell you right now, when I started doing my one-arm swings with the 32, holy shit, that kettlebell felt fucking heavy. That kettlebell felt so heavy in my hand, I thought I was gonna drop it. My elbow kept bending, which is not the standard. Your elbow shouldn't bend significantly during a one-arm swing or a two-arm swing. But I was doing my one-arm swings and my body was rotating, and there were all kinds of little technique things that I had to clean up. And it hit me like someone punched me in the face. The first, the first week, it felt so damn heavy. 
Now I am in week seven of the journey and my swings look so much better. They look so, so much better. I am rotating less, which is good for spine health. So the spine, the lower spine as well, the lumbar spine, it can rotate, but you don't really want to test it. It's like, you know, you're just playing with fire. You're asking for trouble if you start saying, oh, I wonder how much I can twist my lower spine. The upper back can rotate, but we don't want the lower back to rotate too much. Anyway, week one, it felt heavy. My grip, my arm was so tired, so fatigued. And the Turkish get-ups, they were wobbly and they felt like it was blowing a gale. It felt my arm was like blowing in the breeze. Now, I'm doing my swings, 10 sets of 10, chest height, my arm is straight, my shoulders are square, my glutes are working hard, my stomach is working hard, and my get-ups feel strong. I'm even incorporating pauses at every position on my swings now, uh, on my get-ups now. So this illustrates that if you repeat this skill frequently enough, you will get better at it. But you have to treat it as such. It's not just, I'm gonna go in, do some swings, do some get-ups, and get out. Every single set is an opportunity for you to improve your technique. And with better technique, you get a better output from your body, and by having a higher output from your body, you get better results and you get them faster. That's the magic of the kettlebell swing, guys. It is truly incredible. And the journey never ends. Like I said, I'm still learning every single session. I take notes. I take detailed notes of my training sessions. This went well. I need to work on packing my lat. I, I still, I don't have it in front of me. But I remember I read my program incorrectly. So I did more swings than I was required to. So I wrote on there, I think I did 120 swings one day. Because I, the way I broke it down, it was, I couldn't do my math for the day. Simple math, I couldn't do. So I ended up doing 120. So I wrote on my notes, didn't read the program properly, did 120. Dumb fuck. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of a jab at myself to make sure you've, you're paying attention to detail. And that's exactly what you want. Like I was paying attention to detail for the swings themselves. I just didn't calculate the, the number of reps and sets that I had to do correctly. So I'm trying to find more ways to get, I'm trying to get more out of every swing. And that's what you should really try to do as well. I don't call training a workout. I'm not there to work out. I'm there to get stronger. I'm there to improve the skill and the technique that is the swing and for my current program is the get up. This journey never ends. I've got some friends who are really high in the SFG world and I watch them and they do the simple things. They swing kettlebells, they press kettlebells, they do get ups, they do squats. And they are paying attention, I can see it. I'm watching the way that they move and they're trying to do the same thing that I'm encouraging you to do. Get more from every single rep. Don't conserve energy. If you've got five swings through, give me five powerful swings. If you're doing 10, do 10 powerful swings. If you're doing a higher rep set and you're doing 20 swings, cool. Don't start off cruisy and then build up to it. Rep one, bang, power. Rep two, bang, power. So once you've dialed in your technique, once you understand what you're doing, how to do it, and you've got some troubleshooting drills to maybe refine your technique and fine-tune the areas that need fine-tuning, what you will experience is 
akin to turning the light bulb on and off. The light bulb will go on and you start realizing, oh, I just felt something I've never felt in my body before. And it's really when you start paying attention to what part or parts of your body are moving, which muscles are working, and then identifying what can I do better. Let's say your feet keep moving on the ground. So the feet should be rooted to the floor. Toes shouldn't come up, you shouldn't kind of rock backwards and forwards, ball of the foot onto the heel, ball of the foot onto the heel. Those feet should be grounded, like you've got cement boots on. Maybe that's your thing. There's always something to work on. There's always something to improve, I can guarantee you that. Because even the best, you know, the master instructors, the elite SFG instructors, they will tell you, there's always more to learn. So when you think you can't learn anymore, you're in trouble. Because you've gone to the point where you think you are a master when perhaps you're not. And that's where the learning stops and that's where the growth stops. So I encourage you, give kettlebell swings a shot. Learn how to move from your hips. Get your biggest muscle groups in the body working. Learn how to contract your midsection muscles, okay? If you live a sedentary life, if you have an, you know, a desk bound or office job where you're sitting and you know, you've got pretty poor posture, you're just rounding and you, you know, you've got your hand on a mouse and you're behind a keyboard all day long, kettlebell swing might be your best friend. So guys, that's, uh, that's the magic of the kettlebell swing. I could literally talk about this for hours. It is slowly seeping into uh, my clients, my students' training programs for the reasons that I've gone through with you. You get so much out of just a single exercise. The goal of physical training, the goal of strength training is not to do the most amount of exercises possible. The goal is to do the least amount of exercises possible. How can I get more results out of less exercises or fewer exercises? And from a coaching standpoint, the kettlebell swing hits that to a T. So guys, that's the kettlebell swing in a nutshell. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention, which I will just uh, touch on briefly before I let you go and hopefully start practicing the kettlebell swing is the difference between the two. A two-arm swing will give you higher levels of power because you have a symmetrical load. Your feet are both symmetrical, two hands on the kettlebell, bang, it's a symmetrical load all the way through. So you will be more powerful with a two-arm swing compared to a one-arm swing. Now the one-arm swing does give you additional benefits that it is asymmetrically loaded. So you have to work on resisting rotation a hell of a lot more. So the lat on the working arm and the shoulder have to work harder. The stomach, the obliques, those muscles down the side of your body have to work significantly harder to resist rotation. So the goal is actually to stay as square as possible. Hips facing forwards, shoulders facing forwards as much as possible without spinning to the left or the right, depending on which side you're working. All right, so again, one isn't better than the other. They're just different. But like I said, if you haven't swung a kettlebell before, if you're new to kettlebells, the two-arm swing is your starting point. Guys, if you have any questions on kettlebell training or you'd like more information, please send me a message on the social medias. I am on Instagram at FullerSC, F-U-L-L-A-S-C, um, and Facebook at Fuller Strength and Conditioning. But like I said, if you wanna learn more, go and check out some of those articles on my website. There's a lot of great information. It shows you, I talk about the anatomy of a kettlebell, so the different parts, and 
a whole host of information, but I'll let you have a look at that in your own time. So guys, that's the kettlebell swing. Hope you'll give it a shot, and I hope it helps you become stronger and a more powerful human being. Alrighty guys, until next time, go and swing some bells. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.